We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. that John Heyman got a little excited. Not too long ago, he says, Arson Judge is coming. He corrects that to Aaron Judge. We're sitting around here watching him then retract that statement, saying, oh, might have jumped the gun a little early on that one. Yeah, maybe, John. We have John Heyman apparently appears to be Joining us at 4 o'clock today, 5 o'clock, Peter King stops on by. Ray Rattle, what the hell just happened in the old Twitter sphere? What's your theory? Uh, we have Arson Judge. Now, you're going to platoon him with Aaron, right? He's the lefty. No, you platoon him with Jock Peterson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes no, sense. I, the winter meetings is an unusual place because you don't have a lot of access unless people come through the lobby. And my guess, and it's just a guess is that he was talking to somebody in the lobby who either went off half-cocked or not cocked at all. And he said, eh, it's kind of looking like the Giants, based on apparently nothing. And Heyman didn't get a source from either team to say what's going on here, because I think they're both being very mum about this for perfectly good reason, which is you don't want to annoy Judge or his representatives by saying, ah, we got it or we don't got it. So they're they're going to play very coy, but Heyman felt pressure to, you know, either internal or from his bosses in New York to blurt something out. So he nailed down the, the arson judge story. Here's what I want to know. Was it the San Francisco Giants who called or reached out to John Heyman to say, no, nah, that ain't it? Because if it is, I, does that mean he's not coming? No, it doesn't mean anything. What it means is both sides, it, whether, whether it's the Yankees or the Giants, I mean, yeah, that's a coin flip. Uh, it probably, if it's probably more likely that it's the Giants, but not by a lot, only because the Giants don't want to assume something that's not done yet because all of a sudden you throw a wrench into something where you don't know if the player wants to do the announcement himself. Right. You know, so it's it's kind of a weird breach of negotiating protocol, which is you don't say something's done when it's not. And I suspect that the Giants didn't want judges people to think that they were leaking. So that's just my guess. I, I have nothing to go with on that because I'm Marcin Ratto. <laughs> it's, it's just amazing that whatever led John Heyman to want to tweet that out. He got so excited about it, he got the guy's name wrong and hit send. And then he, he got autocorrected it. is what he got. 
Well, uh, and then he auto-corrects himself. Now, not long after we saw the John Heyman tweet, Susan Slusser, also at the uh, winter meeting, says, boy, there's a really big buzz in the lobby. Yeah, it was probably because John Heyman fired off a tweet that was seen by millions of people, especially everyone hanging around the winter meetings lobby, and was like, hey, did you see what John Heyman just said? That yeah. would be the thing that would create said buzz. So Exactly. But that but again, that's another problem with the winter meetings in general is that you are spending a lot of time chasing ghosts. Because when you're talking about a negotiation like this, nobody's talking to anybody. You know, so you know, but you know, there's the call from the home offices, what's going on with judge? What's going on with judge? And you can't keep telling them, I don't know, nobody's saying anything. Because yeah, there's no benefit to either the Giants or the Yankees leaking this. On the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line, Damon, please no Judgment Day puns. Deal. I will make that deal with you right now. We will not have any Judgment Day puns. But boy, I mean, if it were but to But arson puns? Today, all day long. All day long. You're welcome to 95.7 The Flame. Um, Barry Bonds signed with the Giants 30 years ago today. Like, if you're that much of a Giants fan, and you're Aaron Judge, maybe you are trying to line up this news with today, but man, like, it's already 6 p.m. on the East Coast, and it, I, I just have a feeling that if this news were actually going to happen today, it's going to happen in the next 90 minutes, I would say. And oh, if, I think... If not then... Maybe tomorrow. I'm really surprised that John Heyman would agree to come on with us today. Number one, he is apparently very busy, as anyone who covers baseball is, that you know he would take his eyes off whatever radar he tracks arson on to do a radio hit. I'm surprised, but good booking, Lucas. We'll see if he actually stops on by at 4 o'clock today. It's rare... For stuff to happen this late in the day at the winter meetings. Usually you get the announcements early. Yeah. Because teams want to organize their podium session with the player. So I'd be surprised if anything happens today. News travels at the Continental Breakfast, right? I had never thought of that. I'd never been told that, but that could be it could be simple muffin talk. Three GMs at a waffle station. That, yeah. that, that, I mean, that's at least a Rule 5 draft pick happening. And they're getting swapped right yeah. there. Well, the great thing, though, is you never see general managers down there. They stay in their suites the whole time. At least the last time I was at a winter meetings, they don't do the lobby. Right. They walk in, they walk out, and they probably got a backdoor entrance to any other time. Oh, they no, they the room service the whole time. They don't leave the room because, they one, they don't want to be seen. Two, they don't want to be pestered. And three, they don't want to miss call. I mean, what you get is a lot of job seekers down in the lobby. You don't get people with jobs. Right. It's a it's a little bit of a baseball, who wants to work in baseball, who wants to work in baseball media convention. Kind of. And there are about four people in this sport who are actually dialed in to what is going on up in those private GM rooms, wherever they are, the corner suites, the Rain Man suite, wherever. And, and they're all agents. Well, they're all agents or they're all Jeff Passan. Until Jeff Passan tells me what Aaron Judge is doing. But the interesting thing is, you know, Passan has been relatively radio silent through all this. And I think it's, you know, he's more careful about this, I think, than most other guys. Because at ESPN, 
the need to be first is not company directed as much as it is personally directed. Like Adrian Wojnarowski has to be first because he's psychotic. Uh, Adam Schefter has to be first because ESPN and football have a weirdly important relationship, whereas ESPN and baseball do not. So the urge to tell Jeff Passan anything does not burn as bright with general managers as other sports do with it. I mean, in the NBA, they definitely want Woj to break stuff. In the NFL, they want Schefter to break stuff. Uh, uh. In baseball, they don't care as much because they don't have the relationship with ESPN that they have with Fox, for example, because Fox is their home, home network. But this is bigger than a baseball story, I think, in ESPN's eyes. It's a Yankees story. Oh, no, no and question And the Yankees there. very much are in bed with ESPN's coverage, vice versa. So uh, it's just... But, but, it's, but what, what I'm trying to say is you don't see Passan getting out over his skis very much. No, he's careful. And I think a lot of that, well, some of it is he's careful, but a lot of it is baseball's you know need to tell Jeff Passan something, certainly something this delicate, is not considered nearly as important as football regarding Schefter or basketball regarding Woj. I mean, because, you know, when you talk about Woj v. Shams, Shams gets his stuff from agents and players. Woj is wired with agents and general managers. And agencies. Yeah. Uh, John the Arsonist Heyman. Scheduled to appear at 4 o'clock today. Peter King at 5 o'clock. And man... Always an interesting day around the San Francisco 49ers and whatever Jimmy Garoppolo is doing, not about to do, or could possibly do again. The story today is that his foot will not require surgery. There was not a Liss Frank injury that is more than the time that would maybe allow Jimmy to rejoin the San Francisco 49ers before the playoffs end. So something to keep an eye on. Meanwhile, though, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you got to proceed as if it's Brocktober, baby, because even if Jimmy does return, it wouldn't be until you reach the playoffs. So it's Brock Purdy time to get you to the playoffs, at which point a very interesting decision might be following. So we got a lot today for you this afternoon. We're going to be keeping an eye on everything. We're going to be refreshing so you don't have to. You can keep both your hands on the wheel and your ears on 95.7 The Game, and we'll let you know what's going on as soon as we know. How about Trey Turner taking $41 million less than the Padres were offering to go to Philadelphia? We got a general manager getting shown the door in the NFL today, and all of our attention is around the sport of baseball because the winter meetings almost made everybody in the Bay go, <gasps> and then it went, oh, maybe not. So uh, we're on top of all of it. It's good to have you here this afternoon. Damon and Ratto, the 95.7 The Game merch store is open, baby. 957thegameshop.com for all of the stuff that we are selling, and who knows? Will the San Francisco Giants be selling Aaron Judge jerseys this year? If we don't find out in the hour, I would say it's probably going to happen tomorrow. So let's see what happens together. Stick around. Damon and Rattle, 95.7 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. A little fire on the mountain. Need an arsonist for that? Nice. Right now, outside of 24 Willie Mays Plaza, they have a Grateful Dead poster. And then on top of all the tour dates, it just says sold out. Why would you even put the poster up if it's all sold out? I don't, I don't get it. Because you already committed to the poster. I guess so. Apparently, the San Francisco Giants are trying to commit... A very significant contract to Aaron Judge. It was reported by John Heyman, who's supposed to join us today and is having a very odd last 20 minutes or so. Apparently, uh, someone here, 510 on the Xfinity Mobile text line says, Wikipedia already has John Heyman as being known for the guy who botched the Aaron Judge free agency announcement. Yeah, the internet moves fast, I can tell you that. But uh, the Giants reportedly have a deal in that $360 million neighborhood, and if really getting to an annual average value of 40 mil, that's a nine-year, $360 million contract, because that's what the math says. So, you know, it, is it eight, and it's even more? I still don't know what the years are, still don't know exactly what the money is, and it's fascinating to see what is about to happen, if anything, today with Aaron Judge. Because today, 30 years ago, is when Barry Bonds signed what was at the time a record deal. When the Yankees offered Bonds five and the Giants put six in front of Barry. And that deal was done at the winter meetings. Bonds inked a then-record $43.75 million contract over six years with the Giants. And you want to round that up to inflation, it's still a bargain, Ray, where that's now $82 million and change just last year uh, to adjust it to modern times. The funny thing about that contract, though, was uh, Peter McGowan did the negotiating on that before he owned the team. And the contract that he agreed to with Bonds had to be redone because Bob Lurie says, you're not paying him with any of my money. That's fascinating. I did not know yeah. that angle. No, it just, it's, yeah, I, that was... Uh, Lurie and Lurie and McGowan did not end up being close, and that was part of the reason because McGowan was in a hurry, and he says, "I'm doing the bonds deal." He says, "You don't own the team yet." Well, look, what he understood is that you better strike quickly once the free agency and winter meetings begin because dominoes start to topple. And this is why earlier today I was saying, "Look, do the Giants need a judge and jury? Yeah, they need a lot of things. What they need to do is sign a living, breathing." actual major leaguer and they need to do it today like i don't care if it's aaron judge or not you need more than aaron judge sign someone else then start at the bottom of the mountain start at base camp before you try to reach the summit that is aaron judge because i watched all last offseason the giants just playing the waiting game waiting game waiting game and they waited themselves right out of a 107 win season didn't they so if i were farhan 
You know, you don't need to do anything crazy, but you better damn well do something. And oh, by the way, we can report to you that Cody Bellinger will not be haunting the San Francisco Giants unless they're playing the Chicago Cubs. Cody Bellinger has a one-year, $17.5 million deal with the Chicago Cubs. Cody Bellinger is going to make less money than Jock Peterson. There you go. Uh, Cody well, Bellinger, although, in fairness, Peterson had a better year. He did. But Cody Bellinger uh, is, you know, clearly taking the I'm betting on myself route, and we'll see how that bet pays off for him. So... That's a legit center fielder. It's a legit present on the base paths, but we all know how much he struggled at the plate. When I think of the Giants, I think of struggling at the plate. And look, so Aaron Judge, Carlos Correa, Carlos Rodon, two, you know, all, all three of those very big ticket items for the day. One of the things that I wanted to see, one of, one of the players I wanted to see the Giants kind of pivot to was maybe Josh Bell. But Josh Bell, a switch hitter, better than he showed over the Padres when he was in Washington before the Soto trade? Nope. The Cleveland Guardians, $33 million over two years for Josh Bell. Is Josh Bell great? No. Is he good? Yeah. I mean, for $33 million, that's a song. What did you say? What, what were you just saying about the, the, the Phillies payroll now? They have how many players making at least $20 million a year? Six. Six. Philadelphia Phillies making $20 million a year. That is, it sounds like a really big number, right? It sounds like, oh man, that's, 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 boys and girls, let me tell you. If you are a real major league entity, you're making $20 million in this league now. If you're a real major leaguer, like every day, my name will be considered for an all-star game. I am a real major leaguer. I'm not lucky to be here. They're lucky that I'm here. If you're a real major leaguer, your contract will start at an annual average value north of 18 and a half, 19 million. It's just the way the game is going. So, you know, if the Giants are looking to spend big, big, big money elsewhere, they got to make some sensible moves in other places. 33 million over two years for Josh Bell, a switch hitting first base left fielder. Yeah, you should have jumped on that, Farhan. Or what did you not like about Josh Bell? What did you not? I mean, the list of things that the Giants might not like about that player seems to override the fact that they shouldn't be so picky. Like, they need help. That is a team of lucky-to-be-heres and quadruple-A players, if there ever was one. Well, the, the other thing that I wonder, though, is... And this is not Josh Bell specific, is that teams regard the Giants as a fallback position because it's still not a friendly ballpark for hitters. They've never really had much success getting a big time hitter to go there and stay there since Bonds. Um, the taxes are an issue that you know that uh, agents will sit there and whisper in the players about. It would, Ohio's a far more, f far friendlier tax state. Right. Not not preventing the Dodgers or the Padres from getting it done. Same state. No, but they are, they are spending a level of money that the Giants are, A, unfamiliar with, and B, reluctant to do. The only team, I mean, quite frankly, when, when Turner went to the Phillies, he went to a team with an owner who says, I don't care what it costs. Is a little bit of Joe Lacob in him, in John Middleton, because 
he's thrown around money that the Phillies have never thrown around, not even close. And they've always been like in the upper half of payrolls, but not like this. Well, this is a guy just this is a guy who's made a choice the way that um, Peter Ziegler has made in San Diego with the Padres and the way the Dodgers have done, you know, with uh, um, Mark, Mark Guggenheim. It's, you know, nah. Price is not an object. Well, that's and I think I think that's I'm, I don't mean to interrupt, but there are not that many teams that are doing. It. In fact, the Yankees aren't doing that anymore. The Red Sox aren't doing that anymore. But there are teams that are, and with with the Dodgers and Padres and now the Phillies, it's damn the torpedoes because Golden State turned their turned their team into a into a gold mine, and they did it even though their salary structure is allegedly out of whack because it's not out of whack. The Giants just said, though, you know, Ali Ali oxen free when it comes to spending this year. So we'll see if it starts to happen again. I thought that Josh Bell was a reasonably priced, definite upgrade that was waiting there for them. And I'm going to tell you, there's I'm going about to give you a list of, you know, a few names here that are not anything less than really big ticket items. Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson. Brandon Nimo. I mean, is, is that Nimmo. Nimmo? Yeah, is that is that is that possible? You're gonna get that done, Chris Bassett. I would I'd love to see Chris Bassett behind Logan Webb, and I think a lot of Giants fans would. How about Cody Senga? Kodai is that a hard eye? Kodai. He is from Japan. He's known for the ghost fork pitch. If you're a fan of Pitching Ninja, you've seen this guy's video already. Um, there's another player who is an on-base machine and a corner outfielder from Japan who officially posted and filed today. Masataka Yoshida is someone the... I mean, go ahead and sign him right now, San Francisco. I've never even seen him, and I don't care. I'm going to bet on just about any player from Japan who is about to be ready to be a decent major leaguer. Like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Go ahead. Um, the fact that the Giants haven't gotten into the business of offering their fan base a Japanese baseball player, to me, shows you that they're maybe not as good at doing this as they claim to be. Or, and this is from Brian Hoke, who covers the Yankees for MLB.com. Uh, Brian, he quotes Brian Cashman as saying the Yankees have not been given any assurance from Aaron Judge's camp that they will have an opportunity to beat a final offer. So maybe the reason why the Giants haven't been active on other guys is because they're still thinking that they're deep in with Judge. And they don't want to spend money on other guys and then find out all of a sudden... Well, now we priced ourselves out of Judge. Well, look, you that's need, my guess. But you need more than just Aaron Judge anyways. And if Aaron Judge left you at the altar, wouldn't you then say, well, at least we got these other guys? Well, yeah, but I think you... It's not like those other guys are going to renege on their contract if you don't sign Aaron Judge. No, but ultimately you have to prioritize what you're doing. Because nobody's got unlimited money. And I've always thought the Giants are not the spendthrift team that they used to be. So if they're going to commit to judge, it sounds to me like they're committing to judge, period. And if it takes too long, they might be left at the altar with everybody else. Hey, overpay to bring in the ghost of J.D. Martinez on a one-year deal. He's 35. It's okay last year. I mean, whatever. The, the, the Giants need major league baseball players. I don't even care what their names are. If they're actual major league baseball players, that's what the Giants should be going after.
right now. And, you know, you want to say you got priorities. Aaron Judge is such a line item unto his unto his self, Ray. I don't think that you even look at his pile of money and say it affects what's going on with the other the rest of the team. I'll say this, though. If it really is $360 million on the table for Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge is back in pinstripes, the Giants better figure out a way to spend that $360 million that they had for Judge. They better figure it out. And again, if you're going to do that, that's when you know the Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swansons are, are on your radar. And those names are on a lot of radars. Big names are falling. Big names are signing. That's what happens in the winter meetings. The, the, the Giants don't have a level of run-up to this where they can dilly-dally and take their time. Like, if they really have a $360 million offer today on the table for Aaron Judge and he hasn't taken it, they need to come back with 375 at breakfast tomorrow. No, I'm, and I'm not arguing with any of, of your logic. I'm just saying that I think that might be what the Giants' plan is, not what I think their plan should be. You know, I mean, I'm not sure that I would that I would go all in on Judge if I could get three other useful players. But you know, it sounds to me like they're committed to this plan. And if you're committed to this plan, and you were comfortable at 360, and now you're looking at 375, that's still going to end up being money that comes away from the table on other guys, because this Giants organization is not the one that's going to throw money at people. The way the the way the the past organization did, it just isn't. There, there's no evidence that they would. In fact, I'm surprised that they're still in on Judge. To be honest, well, just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you won't. And they've officially reached event horizon when it comes to just their own their own place in the hierarchy of Bay Area sports. I mean, they're number three and falling. Yeah. So. If there was ever anything that was going to make you bust your wallet out, that might be it. When you realize that, yeah, we just we 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 are no longer in the conversation in terms of got to go see that ballpark. If you wanted to see the ballpark, you have by now. So at this point, you better give me something to watch in that ballpark. And fans summarily rejected going to watch what the Giants fielded last year when Larry Kruger was in here, Ray, on Friday. He dropped a pretty interesting number. The Giants had 800,000 fewer fans last season. Yeah. That's a big number. That's the kind of number that makes you go, huh, maybe we do need to start spending. Unless, of course, you're John Fisher, in which case you're just one of the most bad faith actors in the history of owning a professional sports franchise. And I hope you and the commissioner both get in a in the car crash you deserve to be in together. Those two guys, baseball would be better without them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Nobody has to die, but I would like them to go away forever. I hate the commissioner. I hate John Fisher. They hate baseball. They hate Oakland. They hate fans. And they just said that they're going to waive any relocation fee to go to Las Vegas. What a waste of uh, putting a team in Las Vegas. The commissioner's bad at his job, Ray. Well, no, he's trying to create leverage where there is none. He's, I mean, I don't even know why he answers questions about the A's anymore. Because it, the, the, the truth is, Las Vegas is not interested in the A's. Portland's not interested in the A's. Nobody's interested in the A's. And every once in a while, John Fisher goes to Rob Manfred and says, can you please say something that makes it sound like this needs to be urgent? 
And every time he does, people laugh because they know that the A's don't have any leverage. I mean, we're getting off the, the trail of the Giants, but actually, I think it would be great if Aaron Judge signed with the A's. <laughs> but no, I would Aaron Judge's contract be worth more than the stadium could be sold for? Um, Not including the land in the parking lots, just the stadium itself. Well, the stadium would get bulldozed. Right. So, you know. But, no, I think, you know, I, I think as far as the A's go, they're, they've been trying to make leverage for three years. And they can't. No, well, they've been trying to make leverage for 30 years. They can't do it at all. I mean, nobody, no city is in the market for a Major League Baseball team anymore. It just, it costs too much and it, there's not enough return, especially when you realize that every owner wants a deal where they don't have to pay rent or taxes, but they make all the profit. Somebody, Ray, says, you know, the Giants saying we won't be outbid shot themselves in the foot with fans if they don't get those funds distributed to other players. You're kind of right about that. They've really leaned into this Aaron Judge story more dramatically than they've leaned into any other big ticketed free agent story since I think I've been covering the team. You haven't heard any sort of, yeah, we're telling you we're going to get that done until Aaron Judge really came around. And that's what they said. And now the whole John Heyman thing, like that, the amount of people who are getting their emotions toyed with here, it's... (coughs) The Giants are really flirting with a disaster. Yep. In terms of PR and fan anger, if Aaron Judge isn't either in their uniform or he goes back to New York. If he goes back to New York, I don't think you can be really angry at the San Francisco Giants. Because I do think they've put their best foot forward in trying to recruit this guy and make him feel goody goody two shoes. Let me tell you what would be. The death nail for this front office and the Giants in terms of credibility and mattering. If Aaron Judge all of a sudden is a San Diego Padre. Because the San Diego Padres seriously tried to pay Trey Turner $341 million at least. And he said no to that. That's how much he wanted to go back to the East Coast. It's how much he wanted to be in Philadelphia. He says that he and Bryce Harper are boys. He does know the National League East. Like he, There's an appeal to go back to the East Coast. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, if you get $341 million to play baseball in San Diego with the current team that is built in San Diego and Bob Guerin and essentially the least... Bob Melvin. Of, Bob Melvin, sorry. And the least amount of local media pressure possibly available in a major league market. Like, I even think there's more heat on the Tampa Bay Rays to get it right than there is in the San Diego media to get it right. So, uh... Trey Turner, I don't care how much you wanted to shovel driveways back on the East Coast. You you chose wrongly there. And if I were the NBA, Major League Baseball Players Association, there would be a dead skunk arriving in a shoebox at addressed to Trey Turner at his house, at his locker room. This guy just left $41 million on the table. That's really got to rub the union the wrong way. Well, I wanted to be where I wanted to be. So what? That's $41 million. That's, that's it. You're literally setting a new market for every single high-priced shortstop behind you. And you said, no, that's going to piss the union off. The union will get over it because they don't have control over any of that. They can, they can express their, you know, whatever concern they have. But Trey Turner made it clear during the regular season 
it said more than one time. I want to go back to the East Coast when my contract's up. Yeah, he did. I mean, so it's well, not like say, he, it's not like he misled anybody. And I was reading a story by Matt Gelb in the Athletic about how the Turner deal got done. Is that the Phillies were were talking about this well before the postseason began, and the Padres came in fairly late. They just thought, well, let's let's take a stab at it. So it really, I think they, you know. They were willing to overpay, but they waited too long. And by then, Turner was already, he had his mind made up. So it's not a question where the union could say, you screwed us. Because the truth is, they know the Padres will spend that level of money on somebody else. And it may be Jaron Judge. Players are supposed to genuflect the money, though. That's supposed to They're supposed to, but they don't always. I mean, the difference between... When's the last time a guy said no to more money to go somewhere he wanted to be? Well, yesterday. Before that, uh, it doesn't happen very often. I grant you that. Right. But when somebody says flat out, I'm, I don't want to play on this side of the country anymore. I mean, that's why Bryce Harper did not entertain the Giants at all at any point. Or the Dodgers, for that matter. They wanted to be hot and heavy with him. And he said, no, I want to go back east. I mean, sometimes guys just say, this is what I want. Yeah. And the fact that the Phillies are now a team that's in business to spend a lot of dough... You and can look, do that easily. They were just in the World Series, too. So and, maybe- and the other thing is, the $300 million in Pennsylvania, when you, you know, cut cut out the tax thing, is a lot closer to 341 than you would think. I don't know what the tax code is back there, but it, that's not a big tax state. And you can make that money up. And if you have a decent accountant, you probably make more. Someone from the 650 brings up the point on the Xfinity Mobile text line that he thinks... They think the tax reasoning is overhyped. Players pay a jock tax in each state they play in. So a player in Florida is not paying zero state income tax. Well, he is on 41 or in, in baseball's 81. case, 81's home dates. Yeah, they, they, so, there's a tax. There's definitely a tax difference. It's a big difference. And when you look at cost of living, you know, Congratulations, you just signed a $300 million deal. What are you going to do? Well, I want to buy a big mansion. Of course you do, darling. So the really big mansion in Florida costs about $10.5 million. The really big mansion down in Atherton is going to run you about $38 million. So there's another price point of difference that players are looking at. It was like when Jeff Kent came out here and he was like, the real estate's insane. He's like, I could live on five ranches in Texas with 5,000 acres to have my horses go on. You have no place for your horses or your barn or your 5,000 acres on the peninsula. For those who are... I feel awful. A, a, equestrian inclined, Ray. The, well, the, then the, the question I had when he said that, and the question I would have today is, well, why don't you sign with the Rangers? Yeah, well, because the Giants... Uh, Made that Matt Williams trade, and he, I guess he, he... Well, here's the thing. He loved Barry Bonds, Ray. Jeff That's Kent, true. Barry Bonds, they just had to stay together. Uh, we have an awful lot coming up. John Heyman is supposed to be joining us in 20 minutes. We'll see if he shows up. Uh, it, it, it's, it's probably been a very odd day for John Heyman on Twitter when he released the fact that it appears the Giants are getting closer to Arson Judge. He corrected that. Aaron Judge. And then came back and saying... Oops, never mind. I jumped the gun on that.
Hopefully he jumps on the phone with us at 4 o'clock. In the meantime, we're going to come on back and jump on the phone with you. What do you think of the Giants, the way they're going about this, the way that it's unfolding? Do you expect them to finally marry a big-time free agent, or would you bet on them to be a bridesmaid once again? Damon and Ratto here. We are on YouTube, baby. You can check us out there. You will see two dazzlingly handsome men greeting you with uh, an impressive array of graphics, and oh my gosh, there's a reason why it's on the radio. We're also brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Well, Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman joins us at 4 o'clock, so stay locked right here on 95.7 The Game. Insider calls are brought to you by BetQL, here to help all of us make better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter, beat the books, download the BetQL app. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. So, John Heyman. Let the entire lit, the entire world, uh, Twitter world on fire. And this is not an arson joke with the news that apparently he said Aaron Judge was going to sign with the San Francisco Giants. He then retracted that, saying he got over his skis a little bit on that one. And he has since said, uh, my bad. So. Hopefully he can join us 10 minutes from now and we will get into what led to maybe that, what he's heard, what his gut is telling him about this. I mean, I will say that the longer, like the longer the jury is out, Ray, the longer it takes because it's the Yankees. Like, why do you have to think so hard about returning to the Yankees? really doesn't seem like a type of decision that you would spend a lot of time mulling over unless you were convincing yourself, maybe it's time for me to move on and put myself in a different situation. The other possibility, and I, you know, th- this is grasping at straws a bit, is the Yankees are not the biggest spenders in the, in the room anymore and haven't been for a while. And when you're trying to hit the home run contract, you're open to... The best offer, whatever it is. I mean, you know, and the only reason why he would prefer the Yankees to everybody else is either they make the the best offer or he loves New York and he loves New York more than anything else. Because I think it makes just as much sense for him to go to the Padres. I think it makes just as much sense for him to go to the Dodgers because the Dodgers are now freed up all that Trey Turner salary. Hell, I think it'd make perfect sense for him to go to the Phillies. You know, if John Middleton wants to blow money, you know, why not blow the most money ever? You know, go make a $350 million payroll. Knock yourself out. First of all, you got Kyle Schwarber holding down right field, right? You move him. <laughs> you move him yesterday. There's no moving the Schwarbs. No, you move him to left. Of course. Well, he'd be the most well, expensive outfield ever. Oh, sure. By, by light years. I, but they also, you know... Yeah, you could also put Judge at first. There's anything, a number of things you could do if you want to just buy everything in the shop. So I don't think the Yankees are a slam dunk, not necessarily because Judge doesn't love the Yankees, but because there are other teams that might love him too. So, I mean, when you're basically open for bidding, that means you don't turn down anybody from calling you and giving you an offer. 
you know, the whole Aaron Judge wants to come back to the San Francisco Giants. I'm sure that there is some appeal of the team that you grew up rooting for. But the team that you grew up rooting for is nowhere near ready to compete the way that the San Diego Padres, the L.A. Dodgers are. You said that the Dodgers now freed up some Cody Bellinger money. He signed with the uh, Cubs today. And uh, obviously, Trey Turner isn't sticking around. The Padres apparently offered Trey Turner the biggest contract in the history of shortstops. He says, no, I'm going to take less money and go to Philadelphia. So if you are the Padres... Maybe you did call Aaron Judge and say, you know what, man, before you make your final decision, why don't you come talk to us? Because we do have about $350 million. It's got somebody's name on it here now, somebody who's a star. And oh, by the way, how do you think about being, you know, sandwiched in between Machado, Soto, Tatis? Like, is there a scarier one through four maybe in baseball? I don't want to say history because that goes back a very long way, but that's about as scary as... One through four could possibly get. Yeah, and if Tatis never gets his head out of his rear end, they could move him. Well, I wonder if that wasn't a big part of making such a strong overture towards Trey Turner. It might be. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know Peter Ziegler's way of operating, the owner of the Padres, you know, in any great detail, except that he doesn't get outspent. If he wants somebody, he's going to overpay. I mean, he gutted his minor league system to get Soto. And they didn't get a ton of a return this year. But they're planning, I think, on you know going back in deep again with him this coming year and for years to come. So I think with him, money is not an object. And I think there are a few owners in baseball now where that's more true than ever before. And we just mentioned three of them, the Dodgers and the Phillies being the others. You know, because at some point, you know, that money's coming from somewhere and it's not coming from the Red Sox anymore. And it doesn't seem like the Yankees are first to the table the way they used to be. So, you know, I, I think there, there are arguments to be made for Judge to come to either Southern California team because I think they'd out... They would outspend the Giants. Well, and let's be totally honest. I know that he's from Linden. His parents are... They still live in Linden. Uh, wouldn't you crumple up all your Linden memories and throw them away to go live, you know, just off the golf course at Torrey Pines? Like, if, if, you, if you think you like Linden, wait until you have more money than God down in San Diego. I mean, like, it's only three more hours by car. Oh, there's no car no, involved but I'm for just these private yeah. plane flyers for the rest of their lives. I don't know if Linden has a private airport, though, so I can't speak to that. I know that everybody, that everybody in Linden has a car. So I'm just saying if they want to go see their their lad play, you know, pack the car up three and a half hours so we could stop and pass Robles, drink some wine, then, you know, get down to L.A. for, you know, weekend series. If Linden means that much to him, the Yankees should just bring him to Linden Boulevard. Represent, represent, Zent. Tribe if, Call Quest, represent, represent. If Linden means that much to him, he should sign with the A's because... Oakland's closer to Linden than any other major league team. Did you see that the city of Oakland is thinking about rename uh, naming one of their uh, their streets Two Short Way? I saw that. That's that needs to happen immediately. I how is this held up in a committee vote? That should the fact that it there isn't already a Two Short Way in the city of Oakland is a personal affront to all of us. It should be Broadway because I think that might be the longest street that runs in Oakland. <laughs> I wonder. I look. I don't. I just he he needs to be represented at some point. Like MC Hammer Lane needs to be somewhere in Oakland. To be honest, 
the tower, tower power. power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't. I mean, maybe somebody from Vallejo can tell us if Sly Stone's got a street named after him. Hey, isn't he from San Francisco? Sly Stone? No. Yeah. Vallejo. Okay. All right. Adam in San Diego. I think he cut his bones in the mission, though. Uh, Adam, what do you got? I was wondering if there's a polite way to ask your following guests what is going on, because this is brutal news to, like, tweet something out that he's coming, then retract the tweet to edit the name, and then, then say there's no reported news coming. It's like, why did you even tweet to begin with? Like, this is, does Giants fans, like, this is very stressful now, and, like, if he ends up not coming to the Giants, that man needs to get fired, period. No, Adam, that just is not the way it works. You know, I'm sure you've been wrong, except you do a job that nobody cares about or follows, so you don't have the world scrutiny we coming down on top of you. Heart surgeon. Well, how many times have you ever seen a heart surgeon say anything that bothered you unless it was about your heart? Well, when was the last time we saw a heart surgeon who carved time out of his day to talk to us? Do you think you'd ever need a heart surgeon considering you're like the Tin Man? You are without a heart. Oh, I know. That, that's that's like having an appendix specialist. <laughs> um, look, I, no, Adam, I don't mean to crap on you, but no. Look, if John Heyman's nice enough to come on with us, we will be uh, respectful of a guy who, you know, throws darts at a board. Some of them land. Some of them didn't. But, yeah, the question, what the hell was that? Yeah, well, I don't even think we need to to be careful about it. I think we can ask John, what the hell was that? <laughs> and he'll understand why we're asking. He gets it. He knows how this works. Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still. Bet. He's a. I'm. To me, he's an underdog calling. Yeah, I don't. I. He's supposed to join us at four o'clock. I do not know if. How? Here's the thing. Doesn't he have? A ton of free agent news to constantly be monitoring for someone who is clearly dying to be first to the Aaron Judge story. What if it actually breaks while he's talking on the phone with us? Then he should be fired. <laughs> that would be Well, a no, he shouldn't be fired, but he would be fired. Because that's the only story that his employers are interested in. They don't want to know about Josh Bell to the Guardians. Apparently, neither did Farhan. Steve Biko, thank you very much, 610. We're all together here on the same page. Um, so, John Heyman, in a matter of moments, I do want to let you know, we haven't even had time to talk about, speaking of what the hell was that, what the hell was that with the Warriors last night? That is, in a season that has given us several levers to pull, was that your worst game of the year? Was that the worst game? That might have been their worst game of the year, all things considered. I know that Wiggins was out, but the amount of important pacers that were out dwarfed one Andrew Wiggins and for the Warriors to just, like, are they kidding us with that loss or are they fooling themselves? It was terrible, straight up, to lose to the pacers who've been bleeding to death on this West Coast road trip on the second night of a back-to-back -back without Halliburton, without T.J. McConnell, without Miles Turner. You got a 10-game home court winning streak. What the hell was that? Uh, Clay Thompson, he made eight threes, but he finishes nine of 23, 28 points on 23 shots. Kids, that, that's junk. That's not going to get it done. The Pacers, you forgot Curry. 
The Pacers threw more at Steph Curry last night than Steph Curry is used to seeing on a basketball court. And they do get full credit for that, man. They really, really do. Andrew Nembhard, 31 8 and 13. I'm going to tell you right now, whether it's happening for you or not, whenever you're watching someone play the best game of, your, of their career, it's pretty cool. That guy was going off last night. Yeah, the, the Pacers are a surprisingly good team. Um, they, you know, they, they'd lost three in a row, but before that, they were, they'd established themselves as a pretty tough out. And they weren't getting, you know, they got, they got routed in Sacramento, they got routed in Utah, but, you know, they have players, and when you know, I only, I can only imagine what it would have been if if Halliburton had played because he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. Maybe that would have actually woke them up to decide to you know go out and play a tip off because the Warriors didn't even bother reporting to duty until about mid second quarter. By the way, that was when Jonathan Kaminga checked in, and all of a sudden pieces started fitting a little bit better. Um, Poole and Clay did what they could. Again, Kaminga, he he gave him a little bit of a spark, but the Warriors basically lost to a group of unproven rookies and no-names on their own home court last night. Kavon Looney with a tough one. He was minus 21. And I, I actually have something nice to say about Andrew Lamb. We'll get to there in just a second. Uh, I'll tell you that a tough road to hoe seems to be in front of the Warriors tomorrow because Steph, Draymond, and Andrew Wiggins are all listed as out tomorrow night in Utah, James Wiseman, after spending about seven games and three weeks down in the G League, is getting called back. So maybe we'll get a James Wiseman sighting tomorrow night. It'll probably be a coach DNP. Oh, by the way, uh, welcome to your 4 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 